Well, hey, guys, I just want to spend a few minutes with you because really I don't want to take all of this time um, with my words. I really do want to allow the Lord to speak to us. Do you believe that God still speaks today? And if you believe that, then that means that he can speak to you. Yes? So what I've found, though, is sometimes we aren't always expecting it. Like almost like he's too busy or, you know, he's got big things going on, you know, and uh, we don't wake up every day thinking, you know, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. Waiting to hear what God has to say to me today. Yes. Don't you think that's true if we're really honest? That quite often we don't even register it. I want to share something with you. It's a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And if you don't know who that is, he was a pretty big deal during World War II. He was leading, particularly in Germany, fighting against Adolf Hitler in many ways. Seeing what was going on at that time and speaking to it, eventually he lost his life because of his faith. But this is what he wrote. The celebration of Advent is, possibly, is possible only to those who are troubled in soul. Let me say that again. The celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect and who look forward to something greater to come. I think all of us would acknowledge that, that whether we're there now, we've been there before. And the great thing about Advent is that it's an awesome equalizer to the human condition. That we're all in this situation, and he says it's a great place for us to enter into Advent when you're troubled and when you're poor or when you are imperfect. Anybody acknowledge that they're imperfect? <laughs> and there's this longing for something greater. You know, Christmas is not just about a birth. It's about a coming. Did you know that's what Advent means? Advent simply means coming. In other words, that God had planned from the very beginning... He had woven it through the story in so many ways. This redemptive plan that he had about the great person of Jesus. And that someday it would all come together in history. And when we come to Christmas, when we come to the Advent season, it's one of those things that we need to spend time remembering that the great writer, Jesus, the great writer, God, had put everything about this into the fabric of the scriptures and into the story of people. See, during Advent, we have a chance to remember, to remember what's happened. And we have a chance to think about what hasn't happened yet. Get this. In other words, the Jewish person would have anticipated and longed for what they called the Messiah. That this Messiah would come and be king and deal with all of these problems. And that, that this king would sit on the throne of David. 
but he would be a warrior king. And he would come and he would overthrow Rome and all the things that were going on at the time. But see, for Christians at Christmas, this is a time for us to celebrate the fulfillment of the promises that God had made. Do you hear that? The fulfillment of the promises that God had made and that there was no more waiting because Jesus came. And so we all kind of enter into it from a different place. But the thing that I want you to see today is that Advent simply means coming. In other words, that God has come in Jesus. Expectations, anticipations, fulfillment. Get this. Now see, the church during Advent looks back, right? We look back at what, of Christ's coming and the celebration that comes with that. But, but we also look forward in anticipation to another coming. That, that it wasn't just one coming, but there was two comings. And as we look in anticipation, we sang the song earlier, Oh come, O come Emmanuel. There's, th that song is, is, is really more about the second coming. It's kind of interesting. We sing it at Christmas and we sing about it. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And, and, and we reflect on the fact that this has to do with Christmas. But it really is a foreshadowing. Because let me, let me read it to you. Listen. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. I'm so good at this. It's, I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. But Emmanuel means God with us. So there's this, this sense of God being with us. And we know that from Christmas, Christmas time, they call him Emmanuel. He's with us. He came in the form of a baby. It goes on and says, and ransom captive Israel. And in that verse, Israel means the church. Did you know that? Israel in that moment is a grafting in of the people who have said yes to Jesus. And, and so there's this expectation, this holy expectation that something is coming. This is that mourns in lowly exile here. In other words, you and me are in exile here. Because we have not received or entered into our eternal home. There's a longing to get out of exile, to be with God eternally. Until the Son of God appears, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Do you see what's happening? The song is trying to get us to see that, yes, we remember Christmas, but don't ever forget the other coming, that there's two comings that we have to see. While Israel sang this song in expectation of a Messiah, we sing the song in commemoration of what Jesus has done and the hope, that living hope, that he's coming again. And so there are two different comings. One has been fulfilled and the other has not been fulfilled. And this is the point. I believe at this time in history, at this moment, we need Advent more than ever. We need a reminder. We need a celebration. 
We need a longing for what could be, what will be. We need to remember the first coming, but we need to have holy anticipation for the second coming. We need to slow down and ask the Lord to search our hearts and our minds and get realigned with the truth that all of this is really about. That first coming, the expectation of the second coming, we need to get our mood in line with the season. Some of you need to change your mood. When I was a kid, I remember these little rings that women had. They were called mood rings. You ever seen these things? Mood rings. Now, I remember I was in church and I think somebody told me they were from the devil. <laughs> that it was like witchcraft or something. I get it. But, but, but these mood rings a woman would wear. And I think it's interesting that they created these for women. I don't know who came up with them. But they were called mood rings. And if you put the mood ring on, I guess depending on your mood... It would be a certain color. And so if you had, I guess, an angry mood, maybe it would be more red. I don't know. Uh, maybe if you were sad, it would be a little more blue. Whatever it is, whatever the colors were, I mean, you, you can make your own associations. But there was something about the mood ring that everybody loved. It was something interesting. And I guess the guy liked it because he knew the mood. And I guess the girl liked it because it was pretty jewelry. I don't know. But it was a mood ring. And so what I want you to do today is I want you to think about your mood. Where it is. Where it's been. Where's your mood today? And what I want to do is I want to challenge us all to take a good look at our mood, where it is, and say, you know what? Whatever my mood is today, whether it's red, blue, yellow, pink, whatever it is, whatever my color is today, I'm going to submit my mood to the authority of God and to the truth of the Scriptures. Because I don't want to miss what God has for me this Advent season. You've, many of us have had a rough run had difficulties and challenges. But I'm here to tell you today, you can submit that mood to God and ask Him to be king over that mood. And the good news is, at Advent, at Christmas time, we get a chance to readjust, realign with the things that God says. And so in this season of Advent, I think we all have an opportunity to embrace several different moods. Okay? Now, if you don't know what a mood is, it's a feeling or a person's specific state of mind at any particular time. How about that? So whatever your mood is, we all have the opportunity to submit our mood to God today and embrace several moods that I believe will lead you to the joy and the hope and the peace and the wonder of who God really is 
and his relationship with you and how that impacts you over this next month. If you want that today, if you was like, I need some of that today, I'm here to help you. If you don't want anything of that, that's fine. Just turn down your hearing aid. Tune out. If you don't want peace, if you don't want joy, if you don't want hope, you just go ahead and go to sleep right now. But I suspect that most of you still want that. And so here's the first thing that I think we need to do as we think about Advent, as we prepare for Christmas, is that we need to cultivate a mood of preparation. We need to have a mood of preparation. What does that mean? Well, see, as we come to this holiday, we need to be ready in our heart, in our minds, in our lives to celebrate God and the gift of salvation that comes from Jesus. We need to prepare to receive that, to think on that. We need to begin to prepare. We need to begin to remind ourselves again. And you know, one of the best ways to do that is that we need to practice penance. What does that mean? To, to ask God to forgive us. To reflect on the areas that we've not maybe measured up. To repent as sometimes we hear it said. And so what I want to ask you to do is as you prepare for this season is that you would ready your heart, your mind, and your lives by checking your gauges. Check your mind. Check your heart. Check your lives and say, okay, God, in any area of my life, I submit it to you and I ask God that you would show me anything that's out of sync, anything that's out of whack, anything that's misaligned. God, would you reveal it to me? And whatever he says to you, just, just write it down. And when you do, just say, God, help me with that. I submit it to you. I submit my mood to you. I give you the ring because I want you in my life. And so we have to be intentional about our preparation during the season. And let me say this. You will not experience what God has for you if you don't do this first thing. You have to come before God humbly and say, God, I don't measure up, but I know that you have something for me. Number two is we need to cultivate a mood of hopefulness. Hopefulness. In a, in a world that feels hopeless, we need hope, don't we? We need hopefulness. We need our lives full of hope, don't we? And so we need to cultivate this mood of hopefulness, a waiting in hope. See, just like Israel waited for the Messiah, just like Israel longed to hear the prophet speak about what could be, we absolutely know that we have hope in Jesus. I love this in Galatians 4, 4 through 5. I'll read it to you. Paul is writing to the church and he says this, but when the right time came... God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him, listen to what, why he sent him. To buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. So that he could, listen, adopt us as his very own children. You want to know where your hope comes from? Your hope comes from the Lord. Your hope comes from the fact that no matter what, I don't care how bad it gets or how difficult it becomes, nothing can separate you 
from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from your sonship or your daughtership that you've been adopted. That's good news. When everything around you is falling apart, you are a son or daughter of the Most High God. That's why He came. And at just the right moment, God brought His Son into the world. Whoo! See, the people of Israel longed for their deliverer. And this longing created this expectation that we hear in that song, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Perhaps you've heard that hymn uh, uh, that we didn't sing today, but, but it's the one that's, Come thou long expected Jesus. You ever heard that one? Let me sing it for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll read it to you. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Isn't that rich? You go on a little bit further. It says, Israel's strength and constellation, hope for all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart, born thy people to deliver. And then I love this one. Born a child, yet a king. Isn't that good? Born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring by thine own eternal spirit rule in all our hearts alone by thine all-sufficient merit raise us to thy glorious throne by thine all-sufficient merit listen, raise us to thy glorious throne. Do you see the expectation? Do you see the holy expectation that's there? The longing not just for the birth not just for the first coming, but also the second coming. That not only will God come in a, the form of a baby to save all humanity, but he will come again in final victory. Whew. If that doesn't bring us hope. So you ask, Pastor, well, what am I supposed to do with that? I'm going to give you something very simple. Stop listening to any secular radio or music for the entire season of Advent. <laughs> you mean I can't listen to my Limp biscuit? <laughs> I don't even know if that's popular anymore. You mean I can't listen to Beyonce? That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, you can do it and you'll get the results. Take this, if you hear me today, if you'll begin to focus on the hope, begin to focus on the expectation of Jesus, I guarantee you it's going to change your attitude. It's going to change your mood. When you're coming home from work and you ain't playing Limp biscuit, getting angry, you might be listening to Hark the Herald Angel Sings and all of a sudden you're going to be in the right mood because now you're thinking on the things of God. And so cultivate a hopefulness. Drown out the world. And allow God to do something special in your life. Number three is we need to cultivate a mood of reflection. 
We have to cultivate a mood of reflection. See, at Advent season, we have a chance to reflect on the birth of Jesus and the experience that we have. The experience of other people around us. The the, the heart that, that, that their lives have been changed by God. And so what I want you to do is just simply remember the goodness of God. Maybe take, maybe take a few minutes each day and write down the goodness of God. Write down and ponder where you've seen God work and honor God in that way. Maybe, maybe where you've seen God work in other people's lives and give praise to him for that. But simply take time to reflect. Reflect on the characters of the scripture and the story of Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the kings and, the, and all of it. Like, just begin to reflect on what, what, what was going through their heads at the time. And just begin to reflect and watch what God will do. Number four is we need to cultivate a mood of joy. A mood of joy. You've heard me say this before. Is if you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. That's a quote from me. <laughs> but there is something about it, isn't it? It's like, if you're happy, if you're joyful, tell your face. You know, express it. Show people. See, the joy of the Lord is in us if we want it. Matter of fact, it doesn't even relate to my happiness. It comes from Jesus. See, at Advent, I have a chance to focus in on the joy of Jesus. So here's a couple of practical things I want you to do. Number one is I want you to bring joy to other people. How can you bring joy into someone else's life? And I promise you, if you do that, you'll find the hope and the joy that comes from God. For some of you, you need to decorate. I know. Some of you are like, I don't like to decorate. I don't, I don't decorate. Pastor, don't tell me to decorate. Look, I get it. Like single people sometimes are like, I ain't putting up a tree. I'm just, it's just me and my tree. I don't want it. Put up a tree. Put up a little bitty tree in your house somewhere on your little bar stool or something. Turn that thing on. Because it's important. And when you're in that moment, when you're having that hard day, when you're not having any joy, you look at that tree and let that tree remind you. How could you bring joy to others this year? I have a really basic one. We're going to be serving over at the Dream Center. You could sign up to be a part of that. Bring some joy to somebody and watch what God will do. And then finally, I'll end with this. We need to experience the light. Now, what do you mean by that? I don't know if you've noticed that it gets dark about 5 o'clock. Have you noticed that? Any of y'all love that? <laughs> Some of us. <laughs> it gets dark about 5 o'clock. The other day, I was driving home, and it was about 5.15. I'm like, ugh, it's so dark. It just feels like it's dark all the time. The church is more intentional than you know, sometimes. And what I mean by that is in a season of darkness, we celebrate the light. Let that sink in for a second. In the season of darkness, when it gets dark real early, we have a greater opportunity to reflect and see the light. At Christmas time, during the Advent season, we have a chance to focus in when there's minimal light on the light of the world. 
See, John 1.5 says this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. And that light is Jesus. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is hang some lights in your house. If you don't have any lights, you can hang them outside, you can hang them inside, but whatever, just hang some lights. Now, why would I ask you to hang some lights? So that you can see the light. Matter of fact, I want you to put some lights up and I want you to turn the house lights off in your house where it's dark and turn the Christmas lights on. And I want you to sit there in the dark with the lights on. And I want you to look at them. And I want you to kind of be enamored with those lights. And I want you to reflect on how pretty they look in the middle of the darkness. Because see, wherever light is, darkness has to flee. And so in the middle of our storms, in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of these difficult times, the light of Jesus is right there if we'll simply look for it. And so we need light, don't we? We need the light of Jesus more than ever today. So put some lights up. Turn the lights off and reflect on it. And begin to see Jesus again. And to see how important he is to your life. I want to pray for us. God, we thank you for the first coming. And we long for the second coming. I don't know where you are today. But it could be that you've never experienced the result, the impact of the first coming. See, Jesus came as a baby in order to bring salvation to all humankind. And perhaps you've never experienced that in your life. I want to be able to pray for you today. And before I do, I want to talk to the people that maybe are in a place that they've experienced that first coming, but they haven't fully experienced the second coming lately. And that is that ultimate victory, the hope that comes from Jesus. And so right now, I want to pray for you. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray for anybody in this room that feels hopeless, anybody that's on the other end of this camera or computer screen that feels hopeless today. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would fill them again with hope, not because of anything that's in this world, but because of you, God, because the fact that you are over this world, the fact that you will come in final victory, that we can have hope because of that, God. I pray that you would remind our people today, remind your people today of the hope that we have in Jesus. And then finally, I wanna pray for you if you've never experienced that first coming. The Bible says that if you would simply confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that what happens at Christmas is true, that Jesus came into this world to save you, put your faith in that, then God will save you is what the Bible says. And so if that's you today, if you want to take that step of faith, I want to pray for you. And so church, we're all going to pray this prayer together, whether you're online or here in person. We want to pray this prayer together. If this is your heart, there's nothing magical about this prayer. It just, I just ask that you mean it in faith. And so let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Would you forgive me of my sins? 
Would you be my Lord? Would you be my Savior? I can't do it without you. Would you change me from the inside out? I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, we're going to take a little time and spend some time in personal prayer. Uh, For some of us, you're like, wait, I thought we were done. Nope, not done. We're going to spend some time just having a little time where we individually seek God. And what I want you to do is take a few of these reflections, a few of these mood changes that I've talked about, and maybe spend a little time with the Lord. Ask the Lord to check your gauges. Ask the Lord what you might do to bring somebody else joy. Ask the Lord what you might be able to do to bring more light into your world. And just spend some time praying and seeking God. And then in a few minutes, we'll come back and we'll have some corporate prayer. And then we'll be almost done, okay? All right, let me pray us into some personal prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to connect with you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak clearly to your people. I ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that you would speak in a powerful way with clarity, certainty, God, that we might hear you. May there be words of knowledge. May there be words of wisdom. May there be exhortation that's spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's spend some time praying.